Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of What the Health Just Happened, where we talk about all things healthcare, the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, and everything in between. We also bring on a variety of business owners, business leaders, community advocates, and nonprofits who talk about all things healthy and unhealthy in business and life. Today's guest, I would say, is a combination of both. There's definitely some healthcare in there, right? Absolutely. Yep. Also a business owner, community advocate. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're probably going to go off the rails based off of our conversation before we started. Chris Wilson, owner of? Modified Independence Evaluations Incorporated. Say that again. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it's all the letters. Say it again. Modified Independence Evaluations Incorporated. Also, I already have to say it. You have a website that, that drives to this. Yes. Callbeforemomfalls.com. Callbeforemomfalls.com. Okay, so this man... Little background here. I can't even read this as a lot. I, I want to give the abbreviated version. I want to hear about you. You answer this stuff. Occupational therapist for how long? I uh, graduated in 2008, so 15 years. 15 years. Navy veteran. Correct. Six years and 18 days on a submarine. Did you say you were a f- astrophysicist? No, no. Oh. <laughs> so no, my Psych. back. No, no, no. So, so I, I was the Homer Simpson of the submarine. I operated the nuclear reactor. My job was to keep the thing from melting down. Oh, already going off the rails here because I love Homer Simpson. Like that's a that's a questionable analogy, right? The there. whole the whole the Homer Simpson, all of them. You the kind of look like the a, guy. The guy. Okay, I appreciate sorry. that <laughs> without the yellow head. Um, so the guy who wrote the Simpsons actually did what I did in the Navy. He was a nuclear electronics technician in the Navy. He was on surface ships. He wasn't on submarines. I kind of want to talk about that and on healthcare. By the way. We're not going to. Yeah, it's not I that wanna, exciting. I got to rein it in already. Trey, we're in trouble today, Justin. This is going to be downhill quickly. <laughs> Healthcare related, occupational therapy. Correct. Right? So we talk about post-acute care previously. We've mm-hmm. had cardiologists. We've had some home health care companies. What is an occupational therapist? An occupational therapist is someone who is responsible for teaching somebody the occupation of living. The things that we do every day to get ourselves ready to go to work. So the showering... Uh, dressing, feeding, all of, those, all of those things are called ADLs or activities of daily living. The next step up, getting, you know, getting your laundry, getting your groceries, driving your car, things like that. Those are IADLs. So that's beyond the home. And there's occupational therapists that do that. I have friends that do driving rehab. I, you know, there's, there's occupational therapists in just about every field that you can think of that deals with what people do to be either be uh, independent at taking care of themselves or productive. I mean, so, so most, I hate saying patients, we'll call them patients, people who need an occupational therapist. Is it, does it range in ages from, from pediatrics to geriatrics? Like who's, who needs a, a occupational therapist? Absolutely. I mean, I started in pediatrics. My first job was at a clinic up in, uh, St. Mary's, Georgia. And, uh, I started in pediatrics working with the two to five year old kids that had cerebral palsy and down syndrome and autism. Uh, so anybody, I mean, in that case, you know, we're teaching, uh, dexterity and hand mobility. Dexterity and stuff like is a that. big word for these two guys over here. That's <laughs> dexterity. Dexterity is the ability to touch your fingers to your thumb because your thumb is what provides you the ability to grasp things. Otherwise we're just apes that are hitchhiking. There's a, there's an ape downstairs. We're going to take a yeah. picture. I saw a picture. I saw him down there. Yeah. He scared um, me when I walked in the door. So, okay. So occupational therapist. <laughs> We're going to call it OT OTs. from here on out, yeah. right? And yep. Maybe occasionally we'll say OT means occupational therapy. Physical therapies, OT, PT, sometimes go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. What's the schooling to get certified as an occupational therapist? So uh, occupational OT is a is a master's program. They do have a doctorate program now. Um, 
but a master's program is really going to suffice because, I mean, at least in my opinion, OT's paint was such a broad brush that I don't think a doctorate program is really necessary because mm-hmm. I don't think that OTs specifically, and and you know this as a nurse, I don't think that we as clinicians know what we really want to do until that first situation slaps us in the face and says, this is what you're supposed to do. I love, I've never heard anyone say that. And that is spot on, yep. right? And again, any, any specialty or clinical educational background you go into, even doctors, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be a surgeon. And yeah. you don't know till you're slapped in the face by surgery. Yeah. Like, that's, man, that's deep. Yeah, right? until, like until it hits you in the face. I mean, because I, I worked with kids. I worked in a clinic. I worked on tennis elbow. There's nothing more boring than fixing somebody's tennis elbow. Is it because it the patients are just mean to you? Uh, no, it, it, I mean, it, you know, you take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to patients because they're dealing with something that, that you know, that you either can't understand or can't fathom. You know, either you can't understand the pain that they're feeling because you haven't had that pain yep. or you can't fathom what they're going through because you haven't been through somebody having a stroke or being a caregiver for somebody with end-stage dementia <clears> or something <throat> like that, you know? So I, I like, let's talk about getting slapped in the face, right? So you went to occupational therapy other than mm-hmm. maybe in college you were slapped in the face or did yeah, something wrong. Yeah, yeah, I don't, my wife's never slapped me in the face. I don't, anyone been slapped in the face by a significant other? Uh, no. Silence, okay. <laughs> Trey's over there, not his head, yes. <laughs> if, I'm kidding. If it, <laughs> oh, if, it, if it happened, I was probably in the they wrong. They were super, I, was, I would probably deserve it. And, and I was, Here we go. Uh, and okay. I probably had too much bourbon to remember Oh, jeez. So. so, Chris Wilson here, you got, it's so many, we need an acronym for your business. Modified Independence. Evaluation. Evaluation. I call it MIE. MIE. It's, it's my company. Occupational therapist. And again, we're, we're already all over the place, which I love. These are my favorite episodes. You got slapped in the face, I'm guessing, with um, the, the older population. How'd you transition into home health care? What were you doing? And then how'd you start this business? Which I'm, I'm telling you is yeah. incredible. We're going to get to that. I it's- appreciate it. Um, so actually, I got into the business by accident. I was I was treating patients in, in the clinic. and uh, Which clinic? Uh, I was working for a very large uh, therapy company uh, at a clinic down in Fleming Island. Okay. So, so local to Northeast Florida. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It rhymes with Rooks. Okay. Got it. That don't, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> um, so I was working for them and uh, they, they needed me to go and fill in at St. Catherine's Labor Manor next to St. Uh, Vincent's Riverside. Okay. Uh, so that's a skilled nursing facility. Um, Which we'll call SNF. SNF. Yep. yep. So I'm working in a SNF and I'm on my way home one day and I got rear-ended very badly. Uh, by a 15-year-old girl who had just gotten her learner's permit. And it injured me so badly that I couldn't physically transfer patients anymore. Um, So they put me out on FMLA. And during that time, I had a a friend of my wife reached out to her and said, hey, why doesn't Chris get into home health care? So I started with a home health agency. And uh, from the moment that I walked in the door at my first patient's house, I knew I was exactly where I needed to be. Okay, I got to pause there before we go into the business specifically because I, I have a love and a passion for home health care, having worked in it, having had family members need it. Um, what do you love about it? So home health care too, like a, a little background. There's a couple ways to talk about this. You, you have um, an acute incident. You're admitted to a hospital coming out of a, a sniff. You go home. Everyone wants to stay home and you have home health care coming into the house to mm-hmm. carry you. What do you love about it? 
Knocking on the door? My favorite moment. Oh. <laughs> my, no, my, literally my favorite moment was when I knocked on the door and then I heard what was going on in the home. And it immediately made me wonder, what's going on in there? What am I going to find? What am I going to walk into? What issue do I need to solve? What issue is this person dealing with? How many people are dealing with this mm. issue? That was the best part. There was that unknown because you that's the stuff. You have no idea what's happening before you walk in the Exactly. Yeah. And that's the stuff that's unknown in the chart because the doctors, the hospitals, the rehab facilities, none of those people have the ability to have x-ray vision and see what's going on in the home. All of them see them in, in a location facility on site. Clinical. But the home, the home environment is a yes. different planet. It's Not a, a different free world, for all. it's a different planet. It's an absolute yeah. free for all. Okay, so that I like that we're gonna start knocking on the door the rest of the episode. No, that was I mean, literally anytime anybody has ever interviewed me about you know when I was trying to look for another home health job or anything like that, they always asked me what was my favorite thing, and it was always my answer. What was your least favorite part? Uh, <sighs> I had a gun pulled on me once. That was kind of weird. I, uh, I've I've had a few instances that. Um, that I still have a little bit of difficulty with. I'm not going to lie to you. Can Can you tell him or no? Uh, I I had a gentleman that had uh, wounds so bad on his leg that he had bugs crawling out of him. <laughs> um, oh boy! The crazy part of the story was that he was a truck driver and he had uh, a Wernicke's stroke. Wernicke's aphasia is the left side of the brain and it's what controls language. And uh, he moved in with a roommate that he didn't know. He couldn't drive a truck anymore. And he, he had a problem because his roommate kept stealing his food and stealing his money. And every time he called the police, he would just call 911 and hang up the phone because he couldn't, he couldn't talk to the it. operator. When I the police that. would show up, they'd get very frustrated. He would start cussing at them because the only words that came out were cuss words. And the police would tell him and they would tell him and they would tell him. And then eventually they would put him in handcuffs and put him in the car and take him downtown. So after about the third time that my patient was arrested for being belligerent to a police officer, I called JSO and I said, this is what's going on with this guy. Please stop arresting this guy. The problem is that his roommate is taking his money and taking his food. And by the way, the maggots crawling out of the wounds in his leg is probably not a good thing either. So look, I... And I and I, I lived in this world. You, literally, you I, I had to... Talk to, about I, had this. to like, I think I, you two are probably like, oh my gosh, this is weird, but... I had um, to go, I had to go to mental health count. I had to go to counseling. To you. Yeah, I've got again anyone who works in home health yeah. care, um, first responders. When I was, like, I have very similar stories that that kind of wrecked me. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's hard. It's if you're in the hospital and somebody's having a bad time, at least you know they're in the place that they need to be in to yeah. get the help that they need. But when you're in the home and you know that sending them back to the hospital isn't going to help them, that's a really hard part. It's a really hard part, man. Dude, you, man, right off the bat, we went, we went that way. I didn't expect to go that way. Um, you got that, me all me, beclumped I, over here. Look, I, you, 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 that, that hit, that hit hard. Yeah. That, that's an example. I have a couple. I'm thinking of immediately going back to stories, but to me, you you care, right? You Very much so. You give a, I don't think we can curse on the radio, but which drove you to start this business Absolutely. and what you're doing, which is, it's unique to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to also mention how we met. My wife, your, your wife has done... My wife's a professional makeup artist. For 25 years. Right, at least, yeah. Local to Jacksonville. Yes, sir. And my wife went and got her makeup done for, I don't even know what it was for. Yeah. She comes home, you got to meet my the, my makeup, what's your wife's name? Carrie. Carrie. You got, Carrie's husband does this. I started looking at your social media yeah. and I'm like, this guy's hysterical. He works in the space I'm familiar with. So 
All of that. And then you and I had like an hour and a half long we phone did, call. Yeah, first first conversation was solid. I've never talked to anybody that long. Eh, that's not true. It, the first time I talked to him? Was it that long? It was an hour and a half. Oh, dang, man. I got to look back on that. It was crazy. Yeah, it was destiny. Anyways. <laughs> um, so, again, you, you, you're, you're compassionate and passionate, right? You, you I'm guessing, work your butt off because it's a grind to be an occupational therapist, especially in the home. Absolutely. So you started this company... Four How years long, ago. Four years ago. Yep. Right before COVID? Right before, right before COVID. Yeah. Good, yep. good, great timing to start a business. Yeah. If I'd have known that uh, Voldemort was going to... That's what I, I love that he called it. That. That's what we call... <laughs> if you haven't read the Harry Potter books, that's what I call COVID is Voldemort because we don't like saying COVID. He should not be named. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, if I'd have known, uh, I probably still would have done the same thing, honestly, because what I do is so unique and so vital to people being able to remain in their homes that I don't think I would have done anything different. I got a lot of experience during COVID working in a field that I that I never expected to, to get into, which was marketing for a hospital. Um, I did get the experience that I needed because I was I was still kind of rough around the edges as a as a as a sailor. As a, You're very clean around the edges. Well, I now, appreciate it, uh, but I needed to learn how to talk to people and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I could I can talk to patients, but I needed to be able to talk to doctors yep. and hospitals yep. and health insurance and stuff like that. So it was a it was a valuable two years, even though I got stuck in a disadvantageous position. And uh, and then in uh, January of 22, I decided that I'm done working for anybody else. I love that. I wrote something down here. I love a sentence specifically here. I thoroughly enjoy helping people solve what I have frequently seen as a $10,000 problem with a $100 solution. Absolutely. Right? Sometimes money talks. Yep. In the home environment, who has what funds? How are things getting paid for? What does the business do? I need to, This is why I like this because I'm 40. Mm-hmm. I have my, my parents. I recently lost all my grandparents going through these situations because they're yeah. just dealing with it. My parents will be there. Then you have kids. Anyone between the ages of 35 and 75 need to understand what you're doing, what's available, what's out there. Absolutely. That's the, that's the, the, so that's the sandwich generation, right? Still yep. raising kids and you got parents in their home that you're trying to figure out how to get them to a doctor's appointment, how to get them their medication, how to keep them off the floor, how to keep them entertained, how to keep them from going stir crazy when they can't leave the house anymore. Yeah. So, I mean... You know the the our group. I'm 47. I'm I'm dealing with the same thing. I got a 24 year old kid, and I got 70 something year old parents and in laws. You know, and my parents uh, will listen to the occupational therapist who comes to their home, uh, but not you, but not me, <laughs> right? Uh, my my in laws uh, they understand where I'm coming from, but you know the here's the thing. You put a seatbelt on before you drove in here today, right? Of course, yeah. Okay. And and you put the seatbelt on not because you planned on speeding to get here or drinking and driving or playing the music too loud or driving on the wrong side of the road. You put your seatbelt on because you don't know what's going to happen. Somebody not paying attention could run into you, and that seatbelt is supposed to restrain you and protect you from an injury, right? Correct. So I get asked all the time, when's the best time to worry about falls? Well, the best time to worry about falls is at the same time as you're trying to figure out what you're going to do after you retire. Because the last thing you want to do is work your entire life for somebody and then fall like I had a client do six months ago, 
Two days after he retired, he's coming out of the grocery store, tripped over a yellow parking bumper that wasn't painted yellow. That's a big one. Hit his face off the ground and suffered a traumatic brain injury. And now he, he and his wife's plans to travel the world are shot. Man, you, you got a couple depressing stories. Uh, well, no, no, this, no, is it, the real yeah. this is real life. Yeah, it's, right? it, it should be it should be less depressing knowing no, that there that there's people out there who can help with situations like that. I, I had the pleasure of helping these people. He was stuck in a rehab. They wouldn't send him home until his home was outfitted properly. Their house was above grade, meaning it, it wasn't sitting on the ground. So they were trying to figure out how to get a ramp to the to the 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 part of the house that they needed to get to and stuff like that. So it can be depressing if you think about it. It's not, but but it's but it is you know. I mean, but it is a little bit because nobody wants to think about getting older, right? And nobody wants to think about that lady who's laying on the floor for sixteen hours without her medic (laughs) alert button, right? Those old commercials, yeah, yeah. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up, right? But here's my thing. There's no sense in worrying about the person that's on the floor because what should have been done was prevent the fall in the first place. I'm going to not butcher this, but give my description to whoever hears this, right? When you hit a certain age, you are more prevalent to fall. Why do you think that is? Lack of strength, medications, uh, vitamin deficiencies, lack of education, fall risks in the house. I mean, there's a, there's a gamut of reasons, I would say. Mm-hmm. Do you have a specific one you want to say? So I agree. I agree with medications. Huge okay. one. Polypharmacy. Medications. Um, in my opinion, most people end up living in their forever home for 30 or 40 years. So the obstacle that they've always walked around, the ottoman that's always that's in good. the way or whatever, um, is now an obstacle that they can't negotiate. Um in my opinion, as the stepfather to uh, a, a child with low vision, uh, being able to see what your obstacles are is probably the biggest way to, pre- you know, to prevent falls. And what happens is as we get older, we develop cataracts. Those cataracts don't let as much light in. We still have the same 40-watt bulbs that have been in that light fixture for 20 years, right? Because we don't want it to be too bright. But we just don't have enough light to be able to see. These are all examples. The point I'm getting to also is like what what your your business does, yes. what you're doing. Yeah. Again, I want you to talk about this, not me. Oh this no, is you're my fine. Abbreviated, butchered version. Yeah. You are going into homes to do, I would say, very not complex, but but in depth assessments of a house mm-hmm. to say this is not safe. This is safe. Right. Let's change this. That looks good. Yep. You need this, not that. Yep. Like again, I'm really simplifying this. Yeah. For so, you to dive so the, so the reason I started my company was because first of all, I had an opportunity to work with the state of Florida through the Brain and Spinal Cord Injury Program. For anybody that doesn't know, anybody who suffers a brain injury or a spinal cord injury in the state of Florida uh, automatically qualifies for a twenty thousand dollar grant to modify their home and make it safer. Say, say that again. The Brain and Spinal Cord Injury Program in the state of Florida has a $20,000 grant for anybody who has a brain injury or a spinal cord injury in the state of Florida. They just have to be the payer of last resort. So if you're in a car accident, obviously, you're going to lawyer up and they're going to get paid, yeah. right? But if people don't have insurance, I mean, I had a, I had a guy that uh, you know broke his neck falling and he didn't have insurance. So we were able to use a grant to help you know fix his home up so that his powered wheelchair would get around and everything like that. So... The reason I started my company was because I knew exactly which shower chair I wanted my patient to use when I looked at their bathroom and I saw the way that they moved. And then I would work with them and show them how to bathe themselves, how to get in and out of the tub and everything like that, and then discharge them 
And then sometime period later, usually six weeks to six months later, they would fall and another home health agency would go in, another person with an opinion. And you know what they say about opinions, right? Can we, I can't, where's Justin? He's out here. They're all like <laughs> B poles and they all stink. Yeah, yes, exactly. Agreed. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was my problem. I was following around these therapists that didn't, at the same time as I have all of this experience doing these complex setups for people with huge powered wheelchairs and overhead lifts and everything like that. And I've got inexperienced therapists in home care telling my patient that they need a different shower chair. So what happens is six months later when they fall again, I go back into the home because they forgot that they didn't like the agency that they had before. So they'd hire the agency back that I worked for. I go back out to the house and the shower chair that I recommended is in a bedroom stacked on top of all the other medical equipment that somebody else told them that they needed to purchase. These people are on a fixed income and they're going to Walgreens and buying shower chairs. And at the time, you have to realize at the time that I was doing this, Amazon was not nearly as prevalent as it is now. Man, I know So this people would so literally loud. forego the use of a shower chair because they couldn't figure out which shower chair they needed because they had people. I mean, literally therapists in the rehab facility would be like, you need a shower chair. Which shower chair do I need? Oh, you need this one. That therapist never stepped foot in that patient's house. They have no idea what their shower looks like. So there's a couple of things going on in my head. One, you are very passionate about shower chairs. I How? love I love shower chairs. I have three of them in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Here we go. I'm joking. I, 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 but we did travel. My wife had a broken foot and we traveled with a folding shower chair. There's nothing like going through customs in Toronto with a folding shower chair How in your suitcase. How many shower chairs are there? There's a lot of different kinds. Clearly. Yeah. Well, what makes a difference I, here, too? I got a question oh, for you. Is yeah. it so important to you because most falls happen in the shower? Is no, it? actually, more falls happen in the bedroom than in the bathroom. What? Yeah. But, I mean, think about how many times you get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. You lived in your house for how long? When's the last time you turned a light now on? Now that I'm 40, That's at least. point. Yeah. Right? So these people live in the same house. They know exactly where all their steps are and everything like that. They don't turn a light on. They stumble into the bathroom. I got guys with prostate problems that are standing up, swaying back and forth all over the toilet, right? <laughs> <laughs> or women that are sitting down on the toilet and the oh, toilet's man. not the right height and they can't get up. So so honestly, more people fall in the bedroom because they're getting out of bed, their legs aren't ready, their blood pressure medication kicked in, that pain pill that they took at 8 o'clock finally kicked in at 2 o'clock in the morning. They're on a diuretic, which means that they can't hold it. They're peeing themselves all the way to the bathroom. I told you the time would fly by, right? Yeah. We're barely hit like scratching the surface okay. of the business. And then we got to get have some fun on the back end too. Yeah. Um, so I, so I started my business because I realized that people were wasting money on things that were inconsequential. The most important thing you can do to your home is provide adequate lighting. If you see an obstacle, you can avoid an obstacle. You don't drive in the dark with your headlights off. Right? I hope not, yeah. Right? So I started my company because I have professional expertise. I'm certified as a certified environmental access consultant, which is a bunch of big words. That I, basically, I, I highlighted that here. Yeah, certified yeah. environmental access consultant. Yeah. Insane, right? I am, I am an <laughs> occupational therapist who is an expert in the field of home safety assessments. So what I do That's is- That's good right there. Say I go, that again. I am an occupational therapist who is an expert in the field as a certified uh, home safety uh, consultant. Which is, which is necessary. Absolutely. Like more necessary than people realize. Okay. Uh, Chris Wilson, I got it. What's that again? Certified environmental access consultant. I just like saying that. That's you just said it. Yeah. I don't even like saying I, it. I don't either. I'm glad it. you enjoyed it. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Modified independent evaluations. 
Coming up on the commercial break here, if you're catching this on the radio, if you hear it on the podcast, there is no commercial, but Chris Wilson, so far so good, right? Absolutely. Question mark? No, exclamation point. Exclamation point. Yeah, we no question We were about texting mark. earlier, and like when he voiced a text, <laughs> Chris Wilson, <laughs> that's what the health just happened. All right, welcome back to the second half of What the Health Just Happened. We have Chris Wilson. Welcome back. Welcome. Tell me, me all the acronyms you know. Just kidding. The acronyms. name of the company, tell me for all. The name of my company yes, is Modified company. Independence Evaluations. Modified Independence Evaluations. Correct. Occupational therapist, been doing it for a long time, does in-home assessments. If you missed the first half, it's available on all those podcast platforms. I don't know. Apple, Spotify. It's I your program. You, I don't, I don't know. know where you're at. Yeah, I don't. My wife does this. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, before, if you missed the first half, we talked a lot about shower chairs. That was kind of comical, I thought. I heart shower chairs. I heart shower chairs. That's a good <laughs> podcast station right there. Um, obviously, the business, uh, your history, a lot of, one difficult story too, but that was, the first yeah. half was a blast. Yeah, absolutely. I think we go into healthy or not healthy. Do it. Did you think of any? No. Okay. Healthy or not healthy? A patient discharging home, communication-wise, from facility to home health care. Not healthy. Okay. Healthy or not healthy, a home health care agency doing an in-home assessment for safety purposes. If they're the only uh, resource that's available at that time, then something is better than, better than nothing. Um, essentially, uh, if a home health therapist uh, is working with a patient and they feel like they need something, uh, they would be like a Cadillac. Uh, if I think they need something, I'm more like a Ferrari. So, so I, we'll say probably healthy and unhealthy, depending on who walks in that house. But call the Ferrari. Yeah, I would. Yeah, depending on the person that walks in the house. Health, for, the, for the most part, I'd say it's it's healthy. Healthy or not healthy? Homer Simpson. Not healthy. Oh man, I was going to say healthy. Too many donuts, bro. Too many donuts. Yeah. Okay, healthy or not healthy? Arguably the most addictive drug in the world, golf. It's extremely healthy. Healthy. It keeps me off the couch. It's not healthy for me. Although every time I make a birdie, I do a shot of fireball. So maybe it's not healthy. <laughs> I love this guy more and more. <laughs> healthy or not healthy, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Pittsburgh Steelers fans are very not healthy because we, oh, ate, we, ate, we ate too many Roethlisberger's for years. Okay. Did you ever see those things? They're like this yes, big. Yes, I try to make one of the house. You, I'm telling a you, lot you, of cholesterol. you want to think of real quick. Yeah. Any healthy or not healthy? This is always the healthy, funny thing. Healthy or not healthy. The uh, number of shower chairs available for sale. It's very healthy. Really? And people need to use them. Okay. Healthy or unhealthy adult diapers? Uh, not healthy because they cause <laughs> urinary tract infections. Okay. So how about this? Go ahead. Healthy or not healthy, a healthcare provider that knows that a patient is a fall risk but doesn't use a gate belt because they think that they have cat-like reflexes. It's a slam. Unhealthy. Right. Or I'm strong enough, I can do this. Right. By the way, I never used a gate belt. When so I do you think that places. that stops at, at, at people with two-letter designations after their name, or do you think that that goes even higher up to the MDs and stuff like that? No. Again, I'm, I would say I'm pretty fit. I never wore a gate belt my entire life. Yeah. Which is dumb. Fire yeah. department, ER, et cetera. Yeah. The number one way to prevent falls is a caregiver with a gate belt around a patient who is a fall risk. That the is home, a number one Home way. environment for sure. Number one way. I don't care where they are. Yeah. I'm being in the middle of Winn-Dixie. If you're a fall risk, I'm going to have a gate belt on you if you want to walk. Are you wearing a gate belt right now? No. 
but I have <laughs> I have a box of them in my car. I bought I bought a ton you of them. Brought those. You need you need uh, <laughs> sponsored yeah. gate belts, dude. <laughs> no, I bought a ton of them during uh, Amazon Prime days and uh, put my name on them. All right, Chris Wilson, modified independence evaluations goes yep. into the home environment, does these home evaluations for fall risks, which I got some crazy stats here. Before we go into the business side, anyone you want to give a shout out to? Uh, well, I want to thank you for having me on the show, first of all. Okay, cut that part out. That's awkward for me. Continue. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank my wife for doing your wife's makeup and having yes, the, the nerve to talk to, to yep. you about me. Um, I No, I mean, not, not anybody specific. Okay. You know, I mean, uh, you know. Okay. Yeah. We like that, too. So we'll, let's go to the business here. Yeah. Insurance is a big part. We want to talk about that. How are, how are these services paid for? Correct. So a typical in-home assessment, you are getting referred patients. Sometimes patients is not as personal, but let's call them patients in this instance. Mm-hmm. Workers' comp, uh, brain and spinal injuries. Right. How are you getting these inbound people that say, I need this service? So uh, when it comes to brain and spinal, the state of Florida d- d- contacts me directly through the Department of Health. Uh, workers comp. I am in network with the major TPAs, the third party administrators. So during COVID I was doing uh, virtual assessments all over the country. So they'd pull me up on FaceTime, have a contractor there. The the patient would be there. I'd do an assessment on them. And then the contractor would walk around with me and we'd measure things. Um, As far as insurance assessments are concerned, then we get those referrals from doctor's offices. But I'll tell you what, what I really want- what I, I love this guy. What I by really the way. want. Listen, man. the The number one place where all these people reside who are falling is in the hospitals and the rehab facilities. Right now, <laughs> the process is that somebody falls at home. The chuck wagon picks them up, takes them to the hospital. That's the an hospital, by the way. There you I go. love saying that. The chuck. Wagon. <laughs> the The hospital puts a band aid on them and then sends them to rehab. The rehab be, for years. This has been the method. They send them home with home health care. And during that time, the home health care has about 48 hours to get out to the patient. Well, that's 48 hours. That's that a two-day gap. Right. We have a 48-hour gap where this person is still a fall risk. The family's overwhelmed dealing with a new medical condition, and they're at their greater, greatest risk of falling. So the number one place that I want referrals from is I want referrals from hospitals and rehab facilities because my company can go in. We do an assessment, mm. we bill the insurance, we do an evaluation, assessment, and discharge in the same day. This is the day they're leaving. The day that they're leaving, this. right? Okay. So the day they leave the hospital, we get the order. As long as they're in the home, then we can bill the insurance. If they're not home, then they don't exist and the insurance is, is null, right? But if they discharge home and we have an order from a rehab facility, we get in there and tell them what they need to do. I don't know the last time you checked, but if you look on Amazon, you can literally get stuff tomorrow. If you order enough stuff, you can get it by midnight tonight. So if we can get in there and do an assessment, they can know everything that needs to be done so that the occupational therapist who's coming into their home from an agency actually has a shower chair to work with to show them how to use it. So many, so many points to hit. Real, I just want to say one thing. What is the highest readmission? So when you come out of a hospital or a mm-hmm. SNF, skilled nursing facility, yeah. what is the highest readmission day, time frame? It's the first 72 hours. Within the first 72 hours. Yep. So yep. there's there's a chance, which is pretty frequent, yeah. that no one's coming into your home for 48 hours. So uh, all you hospitals, skilled nursing facilities that are getting hammered for readmission rates yep. by Medicare, yep. 
get a gentleman like this to come into the house, do this assessment that at least that will increase the chances of increase the chances of decreasing a readmission. I love that. That's hard to a say. A positive with a negative. In, yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. It's not a double negative though. No, no, no. So it worked out to zero. Um, What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the number one, what's the number one day that hospitals and rehab facilities discharge patients? I used to, don't, don't, just tell me. It's Friday. Oh yeah, before the week. Yeah, right, because the hospitalists don't want to come in and make rounds on Saturday, right? So we're discharging Mary home on Friday. They come in Thursday, they need to probably stay through Saturday. It's like, nope, nope, send them home. Send them home. So they discharge them home on Friday. The agency receives the facts at the end of the day on Friday. Not my agency, but one of the home health agencies. They receive the facts on Friday and they don't have a nurse to staff until they show up on Monday. Those Mm. are three critical days that that person is home. And that's a great opportunity for a company like mine or my company. Because since there isn't many companies like mine, I don't know any companies like yours, if I'm being honest. There are other, there are other therapists who do assessments. Uh, Personally, I don't have any conflicts of interest, so I'm not affiliated with a contractor I don't do any of the work or anything like that. I, I, I look at myself kind of like uh, if you went to a mechanic that owned a parts store, there's a pretty good chance that a lot of the parts that are in the parts store are going to end up in your car no matter what's broken. Yeah. Right? That's okay. In, in my case, I have no conflict of interest. Metaphors. Has anyone told you that? Like, I'm not saying you have great legs. You have great metaphors. Well, hey, I appreciate <laughs> it. I'll take a compliment anywhere I can get it. So, so you know, that I mean, that's uh, – I lost my train of thought. The it's parts in the store, but again, yeah, so you- yeah. It's, it's so if you don't have a conflict of interest and your only purpose, my only purpose is to go in and help people understand what needs to be done to prevent the life changing fall. And the, the problem is that I don't meet them before the first fall. The first fall is the most critical fall because the first fall is what <laughs> earns them a walker or a wheelchair. The first fall is what makes everybody wonder if mom needs to go to a nursing home. The first fall is the one that we have to prevent because the first fall is the one that changes the patient and it changes their family. Can I read some stats? Like I like to bring yeah, stats specifically. Falls among adults ages 65 and older are very costly. That's the first thing it mm-hmm. says, right? And that's probably who you work with the most is 65 and older. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Do you know how much it costs per year in, in, in dollars in the United States? No. $50 billion. To the medical system. A lot of cheese. It falls, right? There's a lot of people making money if that's $50 billion. Well, a lot of them are avoidable in the first place. So you want to save costs in healthcare. That's a big thing for me. Avoid falls to begin with. Right. That's what your services do. $29 billion per year is paid by Medicare. This is annually. Yeah. $12 billion is paid by private or out-of-pocket payers, I think you want to talk about. And $9 billion is paid by Medicaid. Yeah. That's a lot of dollars. That's Yeah. It's and, And all of all falls are preventable. Every single fall is preventable. I wouldn't say every single one of them. I might challenge you on that. Okay. When's the last time you fell? <sighs> on the way in here. And what were you doing? My shoes were untied and I had half a bottle of bourbon. My friend, all, all falls are preventable in now, a case like that, right? Mine is probably based off of age and uh, comorbidities, medications taken, mm-hmm. recent hip replacement. I mean, I guess I... What's your point? You think all falls are preventable? All, I believe that all falls are preventable. If you do everything- What about a one-year-old learning to walk? So listen, a one-year-old is supposed to fall down because that's how they learn how to balance themselves. I agree. The opposite happens as, as, we, go through, uh, as we go through childhood development and then we get to senior, you know, adulthood and then senior age. The problem is that that fall 
that a baby would have sustained that taught them balance, that fall in a senior now regresses their balance. It regresses their confidence. We see an opposite effect when people who are in an older age group start falling. So that's why I say that all falls are preventable because I, I'm not trying to get into your healthcare no, I love, business, please. right? But when's the last time? Come on you, in. I love when they do that. Come on, get on the show. <laughs> so when's the last time you went to the pharmacy and picked up a, a medication, a prescription? I'd rather not admit, but two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm certain they did their diligence and asked you if you had any questions for the pharmacist. Yeah, every time. Okay. So did you have any questions for the pharmacist? No, I know the medication. Okay. All right. So now seniors, they get their medications changed all the time. Oh, that yeah. pharmacist is just salivating to answer their questions because the last thing they want to do is be in the back reading prescriptions and counting pills, <laughs> right? So we're going to go it, down a rabbit hole here. When it comes to medications, when it comes to medications, the simplest thing for anybody to do is ask critical questions. What is this medication going to do to me? By the way, this is my list of medications. I already showed it to the doctor twice, and he already told me he was going to prescribe this to me. But just one more time, why don't you put your pharmacist eyes on this and make sure that it works for me? Uh, so all falls are preventable. All of them. We're, I, I still want to go back because we got to hit these. Do it. We're running out of time, too, the, the payment methods, insurance specifically. But what are the, let's say, top three reasons your clients fall? Uh, I would say uh, medications. Poly, new medication or polypharmacy? Polypharmacy poly yeah, or, or, you know, I mean, you that's can, a whole, that's a whole, you can that's get a prescription and then go to another pharmacy and buy something else. So medication, um, lighting okay, and, and uh, obstacles in the home environment. I do not believe that strengthening a patient wow. prevents falls. Wow. Listen. You'll butt heads with a lot of PTs uh, yeah. out there. Hey, I like bring this. It. Bring it. Let's get a bring PT it. for this topic. You see me on camera? Hey, bring it. This is your camera over bring here. It. <laughs> bring it. Bring it. You hear that? We need a physical gonna, therapist in here. I'm, I'm just going to sit between and, you two and, and you go listen, at it. Listen, I'm going to explain to you why. All right? Everything in healthcare is based on uh, research, right? Yeah. If it wasn't based on research, we'd still be doing bloodletting every time somebody got sick, right? Or putting leeches on yeah, our that's, skin. That's fair right? to say. So- the CDC just released a compendium in July of this year. A compendium is a five-year study understanding the four main uh, components that healthcare that Medicare is concerned with: falls, rehospitalizations, hospital-acquired infections, and medication mistakes. All right. Why do you think Medicare focuses on those four? Because those are the four main reasons that people go to the hospital. Because it costs them the most right. money. Right. It, it costs the most money. money by the right. Way. I don't want to talk about that. But. So the compendium found that the least effective way to prevent falls was to rely on a patient going to their primary care physician and telling them that they were afraid they were going to fall. That only yielded a 10% decrease in falls over a five-year period. The next, next most effective thing was physical therapy. Not physical therapy specifically. I should probably retract that. Strengthening for balance, okay? okay. That was only 27% effective. The most effective, the next most effective was uh, talking to your pharmacist about medications, having your medications reconciled was 34% effective in reducing falls. We need, first of all, you need to send me this article so we can tag it to absolutely. Like, a, absolutely. Again, the, yeah, the more and we I, do this show, and it's I like love showing it to doctors. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. So the most effective way to prevent falls was a home assessment from a certified occupational therapist that reduced falls 61% in the home. Environments, environments, yes. environments. Exactly. Which you exactly. go back to lighting, 
carpets, uh, ottomans, right? Getting in and out Dogs, of the shower, cats, young grandchildren, grandchildren. They don't know. They don't know that grandma doesn't have good balance. They're pulling on her dress, or they're walking in front of her walker, or whatever. All falls are preventable. Okay, I'm going to keep bought, saying that. All falls are preventable. I'll buy into that. And 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 the best way to prevent falls, in lieu of anything else is a trained caregiver with a gait belt on a person who as a, is at risk for a fall. I think uh, branded gait belts, that's that's might have yeah. to happen, by the way. Yeah, a little bit of yeah, just little Aaron, a little Aaron Rodgers action, right? <laughs> this guy. All right, so, gotta- but, but yeah, so, so, so the 61% is the field that I work in. I'm a certified environmental access consultant who is an occupational therapist (laughs) (laughs) certified environmental access consultant yeah it's that yeah it's like a a, a trash engineer or whatever they call him i love the business side as much as the healthcare side yeah right in fact at this point i'm I'm probably going more in the business direction so how how are you compensated you have to like how are you funded insurance how is it getting a, a reimbursed by insurance company is it medicare is it medicaid private pay so the only insurance that we are not in network with is Medicaid. Okay. Uh, it's because Medicaid doesn't have the funding to pay for such things. Yep. You know, they're really like a Band-Aid on a broken bone. Yeah. Right? Uh, on a gunshot wound. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, but my company can bill all the major insurances. We can get authorization. It's uh, We get an order from the doctor, a referral from the doctor. The for discharging an, doctor from... No, no. I mean, a, a primary care physician. You know, the thing is, is on Medicare, patients are, are, they go back to their doctor every six months. Yep. So every six months, the doctors have an opportunity to ask the patients, have they fallen? As soon as they say that they've fallen, what used to happen was that they would order home health care or they would order a referral to go to outpatient therapy to work on one of the least effective ways of preventing falls. What about near falls? That's the thing too. Like do patients admit, hey, yeah, you didn't fall in the last six months, but you almost fell five times. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't get into splitting hairs because a fall is an unintended descent to a lower level. Okay. So you can fall onto a chair. You can fall this onto a This is for doctors toilet. to hear, like who, who aren't yeah, referring your services exactly. that, that can dramatically decrease right. hospital admissions. Mm-hmm. You see that definition and, 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 I like and, that. So the, the best way to, to, to prevent rehospitalizations is to, to, to decrease falls by telling your doctor what that you What was the you're, definition of a fall you just a said? A fall like is that. an unintended descent to a lower level. So, so I'm, again, I'm, we're on a mic here, but this- that's right. a fall. That's a fall, and that's what I, th- I think people need to understand. You right. don't hit the ground and bust your nose. Or right? Get a yeah, you don't have injury. to. You don't have to have an injury. Gorgeous. The problem. The problem is, is that we look for a boo boo. We look for a bruise. We look for a broken bone. We look for broken skin. We look for a concussion. But the treatment, most, not prevention. Right. But the yeah. the most dangerous thing is that person whose ego has now been injured because now they don't have the strength to resist the most basic thing, which is resisting gravity and holding yourself up. Period. Gravity's a son of a. Can I say the B word? I can't it's it's extreme. It's extremely powerful. It's the thing that holds the entire universe together. And I don't know why anybody over the age of sixty five thinks that it. they're going to do You're it. Not going to win by holding onto a yeah. grab bar in a slippery shower. So, <laughs> I want to talk about grab bars too. Um, I don't. You don't want to. I don't Just like shower them. chairs. I don't like. I don't bars? like grab bars. Grab oh, bars. Is- grab bars are a terrible return on investment. A grab bar is only as good as your arms are long. And, and as and good strong. as your hands are strong. 
right? Ooh. It's like a false sense of confidence. It is. Turn that mic on and ask the question. So, now, so, okay. so think about this. If I had you standing on a skateboard holding onto a grab bar with your arms out like this, and that skateboard goes out from underneath you, <laughs> yeah. where are you going to end up? Smacking your face. Right. This guy the only and his way, metaphors, The man. only way that you're going to be able to resist gravity is if you're pushing down on that yeah. grab bar. Well, conveniently, Medicare pays for a thing that people can push down on to hold themselves up. It's called a walker. It's called a cane. A it is a por- It's a portable no. grab bar. It's a portable grab bar. So instead of installing a stationary grab bar on a wall that somebody has to rely on to provide their balance, why don't we just teach them how to use their ambulatory device to get all the way into the shower, or all the way into the tub? I Again, I, I, I lived in your world for a while in, in a couple of different capacities. I never thought about that. And it, it all started, like, I mean, dude, it all started when I walked into hey, a patient's, right. I walked into a patient's house and she had seven grab bars in her bathroom. <laughs> they were like damn rings on a tree. <laughs> all right. She got the first one when she was in her forties cause she wanted her cow gone moment. Right. Yeah. She got the next one when she was in her fifties cause she had a bum knee. She got the next one in her sixties because she had that knee replaced. She got the next one in her seventies cause she had the hip replaced. And every time somebody would come out, they were charging her $250 to drill holes in her tiles and put another grab bar in an indiscriminate position. An average tub is 34 inches deep. If you put a grab bar on the back wall, we're asking these older people to lean over the tub to grab a hold of that grab bar. Or they want to put in a vertical grab bar, which is just a fire pole for an elderly person. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Another metaphor, right? Trey's over there laughing in the corner. Yeah. Back to so, so oh, how I how oh. I get paid. You don't. I mean, again, no, no. This is great. No, I told no, no, you this no, 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 no. You're insured. You get compensated by everyone except for Medicaid. Everybody so except have, for Medicaid. Private pay. Dang it, dude. I'm looking at the time, just ticking down. And, and if they don't, if they don't qualify medically, okay. So somebody calls me. They're 65. They're on Medicare. They've never fallen. They're worried about going on a cruise, but they're also worried about when they come home from the cruise, making sure that their home is safe. It is not medically necessary that we prevent falls in their home. So therefore, I cannot bill insurance. But a private pay assessment with me, the most I charge is $1,000. And in that case, I take all the measurements and provide a, a, a report to the patient that they can give to any contractor so that the contractor can understand clinically what needs to be done to that home. Contractors are really good at putting in tiles, but they don't know how to make the space safe for There's somebody a who's a fall local risk. contractors who, who do that specifically. I can't remember. Again, I've been out of that world yeah. for a while. What do you do? So what about supplies? A, a, a patient or their family's like, I need X, Y, Z. And I love, look, Amazon's great. What about local DME companies? I, like, don't, do wanna- I don't typically deal with local DME companies because the problem is that the way that they make money is they price their stuff so that they get reimbursed by Medicare. And what you cannot do is you can't sell somebody somebody something for cash and charge a different price for the insurance. Okay. That, well, that's how, again, a lot of things in so insurance work that way. You, I, I you, totally you were talking about my quote, a $10,000 problem with a $100 fix, yeah. right? The number one problem I run into is people want to rip their tub out and they want to do a walk-in shower or something like that. When I made that quote up, that was years ago, and that's when a walk-in shower cost about $10,000. They neglected to realize that a $55 chair that sits over the edge of the tub would make it so that they could still shower themselves. A $10 shower head that you take off and you hold in your hand, $65, we just solved the problem of somebody showering themselves. Now, if you want to be bougie and shower yourself in a fancy (laughs) shower, that's fine. You're going to spend a boatload of money to make something safe when really you're only in there for 15 minutes and all you're doing is washing your butt. 
right? Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, pretty much. Here's a random question. Like, there's a lot of males in here. Have you seen those things? Like, do you just wash your head, armpits, and privates? We're going way off topic. I wash here. everything. You do? Yeah. A lot. I mean, again, do you actually reach down and wash your feet with soap and, and water? Or you just let the water... This guy, well, I don't wash my back. I'll tell you that. I don't wash my back. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. That was just a my back. My, my back has never been as dirty as some of my patients claim their back is because they need a caregiver we're, to wash their back for them. How much time we got left? Three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. This guy, social media, by the way. I didn't oh, know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a social media person. I like LinkedIn. I'm learning. The, the website... I'm going to say call before mom falls. I love that. Dot com. Call before mom falls. Dot com. That's great. The actual website is also the the full business. Yeah. Name. So the business is modified. Uh, the business website uh, is modified dash independence d e n c e. But you can literally type in call before mom falls. Dot com and it'll take you right to my website. I love that tagline. If you don't that. remember mom, uh, I also have call before dad falls. Dot com. <laughs> what what's the what's the Instagram? Is it just your? It's just me, uh, Wilson K E O T. My my personal Instagram, my business Instagram is Modified Independence. The videos that I saw, I think, are hysterical. So you, you probably follow me personally. The personal one. Yeah, my my. <laughs> it, a lot of people don't laugh about falls with seniors, there, Eric. Well, we do. We do. Like, a lot of people don't laugh at a lot of things I say, but I enjoy it. So, but on my personal Instagram, yes, I have a lot of fun. But okay. usually, my professional Instagram is more about you know, business. All right, we got 60 seconds here left. Anyone else you want to say hi to? Website one more time. Uh, the website is www.callbeforemomfalls. I want to say hi and thank you to my lovely and beautiful wife, Carrie, because without you doing makeup on Eric's lovely and beautiful wife, he and I wouldn't have met and we wouldn't be here today. My wife has never listened to this show. She won't listen to this one either, but Carrie, nice to meet you. Thanks. My for wife's not going to listen to this, this show either. I knew it would fly by Chris Wilson. Uh, I love saying this certified environmental access consultants. That's a lot of terms. Yep. But the Time last, the only thing you need to remember is call before mom falls.com because that is all what the falls health, are preventable. That's it. All falls are preventable. And that is what the health just happened. <laughs>